And so here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna introduce them here in a second, but they're gonna need your support because let me tell you, it is very different being on this side of the microphone than it is that side of the microphone. Let me just tell you. And these students love God. They love our church. They've been planted in this church. They're serving in this church. They are leaders among their peers. And God has given them a word today for our church. And so here's what we need uh, from you guys. This is our participation thing. This isn't a lecture. They're not up here just lecturing you. We want to hear some feedback. So if they say something that's good and that speaks to you, feel free to say that's good. Absolutely. And so I'm going to I'm going to give the mic over to them in just a second. But I just want you to know that our student ministry is doing phenomenal things and God is working in our students here at Skybreak Church. And so this is just a little bit of a seed that's been planted. You're seeing just a little bit of the harvest, but God is doing some incredible things. And so the first person I want to bring up, I've really gotten to know him over the last few months, but I'm so proud of him. His name is Sean Lucio. Help me give it up for Sean as he comes to speak this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? So my name is Sean Lucio. I'm an incoming sophomore. Uh, I'm also an intern here at church. We're just going to get started. So how many of you have ever felt like you had to do something? Well, I feel like some of us have an attitude of I have to instead of I get to. See, a couple years ago, I didn't like coming to church. I would try to make up whatever I could so I could stay home. I'd wake up and tell my mom, uh, do I have to serve? And she would make me get up. On the weekends, I would go with my dad, and I would wake up. I would sleep till like 10, not having a care, not even trying to make an effort. But when I got home that Sunday, later in the day, my mom would make me watch the service that happened the morning of. In the Bible, James 4, 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty has divided between God and the world. I feel like, I felt like I was drawing away from God because of what the world was telling me. I wasn't listening to what God or myself was saying. I was listening to my surroundings. Before COVID happened, I was in the seventh grade serving on the kids worship team. Everything was good until summer break. District announced, <clears throat> the district announced that we had an extra week off of school, then another week, and another, and then eventually the rest of the year. So everything just shut down, restaurants, stores, and even whole countries. As COVID happened, I drifted even farther from the church, and I stopped serving for a long time. But once COVID started to clear up and church started being in person again, I slowly got back into serving and got a closer relationship with the church. I decided to join the worship team and everything changed. My mindset went from I have to serve to I get to serve. See, see, some of us are serving God as a duty and not as a light. We come to church thinking it's just a checklist. Oh, I went to church today and we checked it off the list and go about our day. But going to church isn't a checklist. It's about spending time with God. We come to church to open up to him and hear his word. And Jeremiah 29, 11, 13, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will come to me and come and pray to me. 
I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I realized that this verse is what I had gone through when I was realizing, or when I had a have-to mindset. But once I seek for God and called out to him, that's when my Sundays became more than just a check-off day. They became a day where I got to serve and I got to praise God and I got to hear his word and I got to be at church. And if you're wondering if you should serve, the answer is yes. You can't let your mind and what the world says stop you. You have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. When I first started serving, I will never regret that choice because of all the good things that have came out of it. I would have never thought kids have looked up to me. During Summer Blast, one of the leaders from my group came up to me and told me that there was a boy that said, I want to be just like Sean. never would have thought had an impact on younger kids. <clears throat> and if you're still thinking about serving, just go do it. You're not going to lose anything. You're going to gain. <clears throat> and next time you're given an opportunity to serve, tell yourself, hey, I get to serve. Atta boy, Sean. <laughs> Speaking of getting out of your comfort zone, man, that was awesome. In case you didn't notice, this morning, Sean was standing right here helping lead worship. So that is a phenomenal testimony of what can happen in your life when you step out and you serve God. It's so incredible. Well, hey, we got one more student that's going to share this morning. And this person has quite literally been in this church for all of her life. She's 16 years old. She was born into this church. Her family serves in this church. How about you help me welcome to the stage Miss Vivica Paul Well, good morning, Skybreak Church. I'm so excited to be up here today. Thank you, Pastor Jared, for the opportunity. If you don't know, I'll be a junior at Bryan High School this upcoming year. Super excited about that. Well, while thinking about what I wanted to share today, it was kind of a battle. Because lately in youth, we've been talking about, you know, anxiety, depression with the upcoming school year. So I want to go back to freshman year. Freshman year, I truly struggled with anxiety for the first time. Like, high school's a scary place. Like, I never thought I would be in the position that I was that year, but sometimes things just happen. Two, I was living in the shadow of my brother. If y'all don't know who Wayne is, he's an amazing person in general. He's popular. He's an amazing athlete, too, and y'all know how you can be around, like, you know, popularity and stuff. But I just wanted to, like, achieve the same social status as him, if you know what I mean. Like, but I went around, I went, I went about it the wrong way. I found myself just people pleasing. And this went against my beliefs because in Galatians 1.10, the verses say, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So this is why I went against my beliefs. Because I knew God was calling to be me more, calling me to be more than just a people pleaser. And if you don't know what people pleasing is, it's defined as a person who has an emotional need 
to please others often at the expense of his or her own needs or desires. So that brings me to my topic, people pleasing. The research, I went and researched, and this research stated that one becomes a people pleaser for one of the following reasons. A fear of rejection or disappointment, to be accepted, to fit in, you're easily influenced or you lack self-worth. But today I want to stay on the topic of acceptance because I didn't accept my own social status whenever I was called to be more. When I wanted to be accepted, I started doing things that weren't me. Like I was going out of my way just to make other people happy. And that's not me. Like I knew that I was called for more. So this caused me a lot of anxiety. But through searching for answers and reading my Bible, I came across the verse Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, perfect, and pleasing. This is a verse I truly had to lean on to find freedom. And whenever I stopped worrying about if people were going to accept me, it was like a weight, lifted, a weight being lifted off of my shoulders. My mind started to clear because I didn't think I needed to be accepted by everyone. And I started to know that I was accepted by God and that's what mattered. And see, whenever I started the process of letting God transform me, and I stopped worrying about being accepted and what, what this world thought about me. God gave me a group of godly friends to rely on. I wasn't in this battle alone. And I started putting that worried energy into reading my Bible and praying. And I started applying the teachings from youth to my life. And I started being who God has called me to be. God started to reveal his will for me. And my desire today is that the other youth in this room, they would be able to feel a weight getting lifted off of them and, like, and let God begin to transform them. So I challenge the youth in this room, come to youth. Find a group of friends that accept you. Read your Bible, pray, attend Grow Track, and serve. Serving changed a lot for me. I'm on media team, and I'm telling you, this is one of the best teams I've been on. Even worship, you know, worship's amazing, but media, that's just a different group of people right there. So I'm saying, do these things and watch God transform your life. And I pray that this helps someone today. Yeah. Can we celebrate and give it up for our students one more time? That's so good. That's so good. Hey, it's funny because she talked about living her life trying to people please. And when she stepped into her calling, what God has called her to do, when she stepped into that, it's crazy how much people are attracted to her and her story and what God is doing in her life. When she stopped trying to please people, people all of a sudden wanted to flock to her because she was standing in the calling that God had created her to be. So we celebrate our students. We're so thankful. Great job, guys. Awesome. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jared Ayers, and I had the privilege of being a pastor here on staff. And uh, I have been here at Skybreak Church since 2012. I just passed 10 years of being here, and I'm so grateful for what God is going to do. And I just want to take a moment before I get into this message and just thank our pastors. Are you thankful for our pastors, the Green Family, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Kendall, Pastor Danny and Jan? I know you're watching. We love you, and I would not be here without you. But I am excited for what God has put on my heart this morning for, uh, for me to share. And I believe it's practical 
And not only is it practical, it's something that I'm walking through currently. So I believe it's important when I get up here and I'm sharing with what God's put on my heart, I'm not just up here blowing smoke. Like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. I want to use this time wisely. But as I'm preaching, I want you to know that these are things I'm trying to put into practice in my own life this morning. But here's my, here's my belief. If you, if you walk with an expectation, if you come into this room and you expect God to do something in your life, not only do I believe will he do it, he'll meet those expectations, but I believe that he'll exceed those expectations. And there's nothing that God can't do. I believe that God is still a miracle-working God. Do you believe that this morning? So whatever you're facing, I pray that today that you'll find hope and you'll find peace and you'll find joy in whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever it is you're searching for. I believe God wants to do that for you today. But we're going to read straight from Joshua chapter 3. If we could stand to our feet as we read God's word this morning. I love Joshua, man. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He's strong. He's courageous. And a uh, matter of fact, God told him to be strong and courageous in the beginning of this book. And so um, Joshua is a lot like us. He's just an average guy who's doing what he feels God's calling him to do. And he gets to see some pretty extraordinary things. And so if you've never read the book of Joshua, I would encourage you to do it. It's one of my favorites. But we're going to read Joshua chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 7. It says, The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites, and they will know that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. So to give you some context, Moses has passed on. Moses had led the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. Uh, you know, God had promised the promised land to them, but they wandered for like 40 years. And so Moses has passed on, and now Joshua is taking command. He is now stepping into this role as a leader of the Israelites. Verse 8 says, give this command to the priests who carry the ark of the covenant, which contained the presence of God. It says, when you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. Let's jump down to verse 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season. This is important because the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zerthan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Verse 17, meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. The title of this message today is Part the Problem. God, we thank you for bringing us here this morning. Lord, I don't know what everyone's facing, but I do know one thing's for sure, that you're a good God. And that regardless of what we're facing, God, uh, your word says you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Jesus, you said even to the ends of the age, you are with us. And so we thank you, Father, that no matter what we're facing, that you're with us and you have the power, God, to heal. You have the power to deliver. You have the power to restore. So whatever's going on in our world, Lord, I just pray that over the next few minutes we could focus on you and that we can leave better 
We can leave different. We can leave changed from the way we came in. God, we love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 Why don't you high-five someone and take a seat this morning? I don't know if you've ever tried to cross a river that's flowing really quickly. Um, A lot of my stories, I was thinking about that this morning, talking to Pastor Nate. A lot of my stories, and if you know me, this makes sense. They all begin with, so once I was walking through the woods, like that's how a lot of my stories begin because it's just where I am a lot of the time. But if you've ever come across a river that's been flooded, if you like down by my house, there's a creek that I like to fish in. And one day I was down there and it was only like three or four inches deep, real shallow, but it rained that night. The next day I went over and I was unable to cross it. It was so, uh, it was just flowing lots of water. And if you've ever tried to cross a river that's flowing, even if it's not deep, if it's like shin deep, it has the power to knock you over because you're like walking, trying to brace yourself as you walk through this current. And so sometimes the river is simply too big or the water is too fast for us to walk through. And that's where we pick up this story in Joshua. He's leading the children of Israel, the, the, the uh, chosen people, God's people. He's leading them. Uh, he has now taken command of the Israelites and they come to this river. Joshua, see, was called by God to lead these people into the land that God had promised them years and years ago. But they reached a problem. Anybody ever ever had a problem in your life? Raise your hands. No, no. Okay, you've had problems. We all got problems. Yep. So he, they, they, they reached a problem. God promised them this land, but now there's an obstacle standing in the way, I guess rather flowing in the way. And we've seen this before. Back when uh, Moses freed the Israelites from Egyptian captivity, they stopped at what? The Red Sea. You remember this story? Uh, and, and Moses stuck out his staff and the Red Sea parted and they were able to cross on dry ground. So my point is, they saw this struggle before. Like this isn't the first time they've encountered an obstacle. So they had an answer. But how often does this happen to us? We get to a problem, a situation, a circumstance. We get to it. And we're like, God, how are we going to get through this? And today in, in my time, I want to be quick, but I want to be practical. And I hope that you can apply this to your life. I know that you can apply this to life. So I would encourage you to take notes. I just have two points today and they're real simple. But I want to talk, talk about these two things that will help you out when you face an obstacle, because the truth is we all face struggles. We all face obstacles. And being a believer does not exempt you from struggle. Matter of fact, Jesus said, guess what? You're going to have struggle. Take heart because I've overcome the world. That's the scripture. But the first thing that happens when we face an obstacle, and this is a perspective shift, because naturally we gravitate towards the negative. Naturally, we want to complain. Naturally, we want to we want to make an excuse. But the first thing that happens when we come to an obstacle with the right perspective is that God is going to prove himself. God is going to prove himself. And we see this in verse seven, when, when God tells Joshua, he said, hey, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. You see this river the Jordan River, when I, when I picture this story, I don't know why, I just picture it like a stream. But that's not how it was. In fact, it was not a small problem. It was very dangerous to try and cross this river. Usually, it could get up to like 10 feet deep, but this is not a usual situation. The Bible says it is harvest season. So what's that mean? It means there was lots of rain. It means that the water was moving fast. As a matter of fact, we just read, the Bible said that the water was coming up over the bank. And so the people who 
have, uh, would have seen this, would have been aware of the fact that God was with them because the river was so full when, when, when they parted it. It was so full that they would have known like, hey, this is not normal. And I want to encourage you this morning that your Christian walk, our Christian life is anything but normal. And people should see God through your life as a Jesus follower. A lot of people say they're Christians. I'm going to step on some toes this morning, not intentionally, but kind of. A lot of people say they're believers, and that might be true. But does your life look different than those who don't have Jesus? This is a question I've had to ask myself. So again, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching with you, I guess. But does my life look different because I walk with Jesus? You see, when tragedy strikes and you're faced with a river of your own, how are you going to respond? Because the truth is, people are watching you to see how you respond as a Christian. You say you're a believer. You say you're a Jesus follower. Awesome. What are you going to do when adversity hits? And by the way, when you come out on the other side, you're able to say, wow, God did it because I couldn't have done that. So I would encourage us today to go as far as you can and depend on God. Do what you can do and trust God to do what only God can do. Truth is, if you're following the road God has put in front of you, you'll never be in a situation that you can't overcome. By the way, not by your own strength. I'm gonna make that clear. Because there's many situations I couldn't have come through by myself. But when you have the power of the living God on the inside of you, the God who's parting rivers, the God who's, who's parting seas. Because we will face challenges. It's inevitable. And there are things that have the potential I'm going to say that word. They have the potential to stop us. But we've got to keep moving forward and trust that God will make a way. And when he does, it proves to everyone around you and it proves to yourself that God is with you and God will work it out. Matter of fact, Romans 8.28, what's it say? Romans 8.28, God can do, he could, he could take the good, he could take the bad, he could take the ugly and work it for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So the first thing that happens is God is going to prove himself. The second thing that happens when we face struggle, if you let it, is it's gonna build your faith. It's gonna build your faith. Verse 14, it says, so the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, like I said, so the Jordan was overflowing its banks, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance. Can you, like, we read this story, and it's easy to read over scripture and just, like, treat it as common, but can you put yourself in their shoes for a minute? If you're walking to the edge of a bank, and there's a flowing river, your foot steps in, and all of a sudden, the water starts backing up on one side and backing up on the other side, and you're seeing a path in front of you. Can you imagine what that's like? Like today, we'd pull out our iPhones and we'd miss the miracle because we're trying to record it. But how do I know that God is building their faith here? My point is building their faith. How do I know that? Because in just three chapters, they are about to face the biggest battle of their life. And God needed them to know that I am with you because they don't see the battle coming. You don't see the things that you're going to be facing, but God does. 
and he knows what's ahead. And God is saying to them and he's saying to us, I have to get you ready for what's coming. I've got to prove that if I did it once, I can do it again. If I did it once, if I parted the waters once, I can part your situation again. If I saved you once, I'm going to save you again. If I restored you once, I'm going to restore you again. If you play sports or you've played sports or you've done something you, you have to prepare for, you practice, right? You, you, you got to practice. You got to prepare for what's coming. You don't just show up to the game hoping to figure it out when you get there. That's not how it works. And it's the same way in our faith because there was a tremendous struggle coming up. Raise your hand if you like struggle. No. Nobody likes struggle, right? But we're going to face it. And if we can remember what God has done, it will give us strength to keep going. Because the next time we face a river, we know what God can do. We know that God can reach down and part it. When you live in God's will, it doesn't matter what obstacles get in your way. God will provide a way through it. I need you to hear me this morning. I'm not coming from you from no experience. I am talking to you from personal experience of some of the deepest pain I've felt in my life I've had to walk through in my past. And there's things I'm facing right now that I'm, if I'm honest, I'm struggling with. And quite frankly, there's been moments that I get mad. Anybody, can I, can I be real for a second? If you're too holy for this message, there's the door. But let me just tell you, I'm a human being and there's times that I face struggle and I'm like, God, why am I here? Do you feel me this morning? And then God takes me back to that place where I was in the, uh, the darkest depression, when I was in the darkest place of my life. He takes me back there. It says, remember what I did then? I'm getting ready to do it again. So God has to prepare you sometimes for what's ahead. Faith comes in steps. Like if it wasn't faith, if we just knew all the answers, then there wouldn't be faith. But sometimes God has to put that faith to the test. I'm not saying God causes heartache. Don't mishear me. I'm not saying God causes hard times. But God will use those to shape you. He will use those to strengthen your faith. So my question for you today is what is your river? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it depression? Like Vivica was just talking about? Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it abuse? We all got problems. And I believe that the same God that reached down in part of the river reaches into our lives and parts the problem to make a way. God is faithful. And let me just tell you from personal experience, I know you're, maybe you're in the middle of the river right now and you're feeling like it's like pushing you over. There was times in my life where I would wake up and I would say, God, you're faithful, even when I didn't believe it here. I said, I'm gonna be real this morning. But I knew he was because his word says he is, but I just wasn't experiencing it yet. But I had to tell myself that, God, you're faithful. And then the next day, God, you're faithful. And I believed it a little bit more. Then the next day, God, you're faithful. And I believe it a little bit more. And then weeks go by, months go by. 
And then one time I woke up, I said, God, you are faithful. And I believed it with my whole heart, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you gotta get this book inside of you. Notice, man, I could go all kinds of places. Notice the water didn't part until they stepped foot into the river. A lot of us come to the edge of our river. God, remove this depression. God, make my marriage better. But you're not willing to take a step. Am I, am I talking to someone that, like, I believe 100% that you can pray for something and God can, God can move in an instant. I believe it. I, I 100% believe it. But God is not at your vending machine. And sometimes it requires action. It requires work. We got to stop being lazy in our faith. Come on. We got to. So they had to take a step. But it says, as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began to back up. So sometimes I see the task without seeing how I'm going to accomplish it. But I have to trust God. And I have to remember what he's done for me. There's a song that I love. It's called, That's the Power. And there's a line in the song. He's not, I don't even think it's an actual lyric. I think he's just edifying and singing in between lyrics. But he says, If there's no miracle, then God's not finished. If you haven't seen God move, that means he's still working. In just a few chapters, this isn't part of my notes, but they face the biggest obstacle they've ever faced. And the Bible says they had to walk around the city of Jericho over and over and over, seven times for seven days. And not once did a brick fall. Not once did they see God working. Not once was there any sign like, I don't mind praying if I see God moving like a little bit. Like at least give me a little sign, God, that you're working. But sometimes God is silent. And maybe that's where you are right now. Can I just encourage you just to take another step? Just you, you may not know what's next. You don't know the answers. You don't know what's coming, but just take another step. And that's what I believe God is saying to us this morning. And I believe, I believe that the best way to get through the struggle tomorrow is through obedience today. Take a step. So what are you doing with what's in front of you? Praying for a better marriage. Are you willing to go to counseling? You're praying for a life-giving, joyful family, but are you an authoritarian when you come home? Or are you just, do your kids know you? You're praying for a promotion, but are you being faithful with where you're at? You see, we've got to learn to take that step and whatever it is and just simply trust God. And I know that's a loaded statement, Trust God? Yeah, like that's easy to say. But you've got to take a step. It's powerful. What's crazy about this story, 
And I'm almost done. Maybe, we'll see. Is that the Bible says that the ground they walked on was dry. Meaning that not only did the river part, like that's a miracle in and of itself, but the ground dried up. Think about this for a sec. What would normally happen if you like reached down into the water and pulled out some dirt? What do you have in your hand? You have mud, right? Like if there was mud, the Israelites would have walked through it and it would have like stuck all over their shoes and stuck all over their sandals. This mud would stick with them for a while, no matter where they went. And some of us have been through a situation and you've got some mud on your shoes. You've been through heartache and you just carry it with you wherever you go. Just flinging mud on relationships, flinging mud on your marriage, flinging mud all over the people at work. Everybody knows your garbage, knows your stuff because you're just flinging mud. But the Israelites walked on dry ground. Nothing stuck to them. What I'm trying to tell you is just because you've been through something, just because you've walked through some difficult situations does not mean that it has to stick with you. It does not mean that you have to carry it into the rest of your life. Somebody say, wipe the mud off. Like, I don't want to live in the mud. When God has called me to walk on dry ground, I don't want to live in the shame and the guilt and the weight and the burden of my past when God has called me to the promised land. I don't want to stay there. Joshua chapter four said, each of you must pick up one stone. I love this part of the story. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. So in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. You see, when God gets you through a tragedy or a difficult situation, it's important to move on. Like it's important not to stay there, not to let it affect you. It does become a part of your story, but it's equally as crucial. It's equally as important to remember what God has done in your life. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began to back up. So they built an altar. They built a memorial to remind themselves of what God did before. When's the last time you went back to that place where God rescued you? And say, God, thank you for what you did in that situation. I may not be where I want to be quite yet, but God, I am not where I used to be. You see, the devil likes to like play tricks in your mind. And I've seen this happen, where you'll be coming to church, you'll be serving, you'll be growing, and then you make a mistake and you think in your mind that everything has been wiped out. No, you don't gotta start over. You say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, and I move on. But you can look back at that place where you used to be 
and say, thank God I'm not there anymore. That relationship that you thought was everything, you can look back and say, God, thank you for opening my eyes. That challenge in your life that you thought was going to destroy you, but you're still standing. In fact, your life is better than it was back then, but you couldn't see it back then. You can look back and say, God, thank you for helping me avoid that situation. Because if I would have stayed on that path, it would have hurt me. I'm going to bring this story around full circle. Because the Ark of the Covenant that we're talking about in this scripture is God's presence that went before them. And this is a perfect picture of who Jesus is. Because Jesus goes before us. And no matter what we face, Jesus provided a way out. He has already blazed a trail for us to walk on. And there isn't anything that you go through that you aren't able to bear, not by your own strength, but by the spirit of God that's alive on the inside of you. That river of sin, that river of shame, of guilt, of condemnation between, uh, between God and us, that, that gap, that river to the promise, you know, that path to the promised land, whatever's blocking us. God can part that and you can walk on dry ground. And that's what Jesus did for us. He, he, he parted, he, he, he made a way to the heavenly father through the blood of the cross. And what's crazy, what's really crazy is that Jesus did that without any guarantees. Like there wasn't a guarantee that people would love Jesus back, but he went to the cross anyway to make a way for us. You understand what I'm saying? Like Jesus gave his life at the mere possibility that you would receive it. I want everyone's eyes closed and head bowed in the room this morning. There's a couple things that I want to pray for. Number one, I know that even right now, there's people in this room, even I myself, I'm carrying some things. And you're, like I was saying before, just kind of tracking mud. I remember when I was a kid, if I would track mud in the house, I got in trouble. But that's how we live our lives, tracking mud, carrying our past with us and just slinging mud on everyone. But I believe that today when you leave here, that God can restore that broken heart, that God can begin to heal that marriage, that God can begin to restore that relationship, but you've got to take a step. God can part the river, but sometimes we just have to take that step and trust God. So if you're here this morning and you're just carrying some of the things in your past and you just want to just leave it and walk on dry ground, I'm going to ask you to do something bold so that I can pray for you. Could you just stand wherever you're at this morning? If you're carrying something you know you don't need to be carrying, thank you. I'm grateful for your vulnerability this morning. Thank you. And if you see someone standing near you, can you just place a hand on them or just point your hand in their direction? We're gonna, we're gonna pray. We're gonna believe God to remove some of that. Doesn't mean that it, the past didn't happen. It doesn't, doesn't erase the memories. It doesn't erase what happened. It certainly doesn't make what happened right. But it means that you don't have to carry it with you anymore. 
So Father God, you see every person, you see every heart represented right now, standing up, taking that step of faith, saying they're tired of carrying this with them. God, we thank you that in your name we have grace. That when we are weak, Lord, your word says you make us strong. And so for every person under the sound of my voice and those that are watching online who are, who are carrying the mud of their past, Father God, I just pray right now that they would begin to walk on dry ground and those things that they've walked through, they don't have to carry it with them. Like the, like the Jewish boys in the fiery furnace, God, they, they may have gone through the fire, but they don't have to smell like smoke. I thank you, Father, that you're restoring hearts this morning. God, that you're restoring marriages and relationships and families, that you're helping people rediscover their purpose, God. Let them dream again, Father. Let them have peace again. Let them have joy. Give them strength right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that our past is our past and is forgiven by the cross of Jesus Christ. So I pray in those moments where the past rears its ugly head and we don't feel good enough, we don't feel qualified, we don't feel like we're worthy, Father God, that you would remind us that, uh, that you've paid for that on the cross and we don't have to carry it with us any longer, that we can walk in freedom, we can walk in liberty this morning, God. We thank you that you are faithful. Help us to say that. Help us to declare it even when we don't experience it, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see an answer yet. We'll keep praying. We'll keep trusting. We'll keep serving. We'll keep believing. We'll keep trusting in the name of Jesus. Because we know that if there has been no miracle, God, you're not done. I declare that over your people this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. I want to pray another prayer for those who maybe have never accepted Jesus into your heart this morning. It's real simple. God wants so desperately to have a relationship with you. But there's this gap between us and God created by sin because because sin separates us from God. He's perfect. He's holy. So sin separates us from God. But he loved us so much and wanted a relationship with you so bad that he sent his only son, Jesus, to become a living sacrifice. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If you would just believe in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's not just a cute t-shirt. It's a promise. And Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not by works. It's not by deeds or anything you can do or can't do. It's by the grace of Jesus Christ. Paul said, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And the only thing that's required on your part is faith. So maybe you come into a room like this and you don't feel good enough. Guess what? Neither do I but it's not based on my goodness, it's based on the goodness of God. And when you put your faith in Jesus, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, that gap that was created by sin is now closed and you can be in perfect relationship with God the Father. That sin that separated us from God is forgiven. The past is wiped away, you are made new. And the Bible says your sin is thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. In other words, God doesn't even hold it against you. 
because of his son, Jesus. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see you through your flaws. He doesn't see you through your mess ups, your failures. He sees you through the lens of grace. He sees you as righteous. That's a Bible word for right standing. You are in right standing with the creator. And so I'm gonna extend an invitation this morning. And if that's you, I'm gonna count down from three. And I just want you to slip up your hand. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? If you're in the room this morning and you wanna make that decision to invite Jesus into your heart, to accept him as your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna count down from three. And I just want you to lift up your hand boldly. Three, two, one. If that's you this morning, I see your hand. I see it, I see it. Thank you, I see your hand. God bless you, I see it. Hands going up all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. I want everyone to pray this prayer after me. Whether you've prayed it before or not, pray it to support the people making that decision. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sin and make me a new person. I believe that you died and that you rose again for me. I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. I trust you. I love you. I'll follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Hey, church, can we celebrate with those who just made that decision? Hands went up all over the room. Welcome to the family of God. We're so proud of you. If you just made the decision to invite God into your life, we would love to know. You can text SCSAVE to 97000. That way we can help equip you with some next steps for you to take along this new journey. If this message was a blessing to your life and you'd like to help support Skybreak financially, you can give online using the Skybreak Church app. Well, hey, we would love for you to join us in person this upcoming Sunday morning at 915. But until then, we hope you have a great week and we will see you Sunday.